Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. Yeah! The Flathead's only local sports talk show. The Knock on Sports. Six to eight weeknights. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Here's your host. Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back here on the Knock On Sports on 600 KGEZ. As we discuss Montana sports betting, as we get you ready for a fun weekend of the NCAA tournament, and the first time we'll have the NCAA tournament with Montana sports betting, which will be really exciting. We didn't get to experience that uh, last year, but now we do. And to break it all down, the man with the insight, the man with the knowledge, the man with the know, it is Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard. Matt, it is great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well. Hey, great to be back on again, and um Excited for March Madness. This marked uh, the start of my my sports betting column for, for uh, 406, and uh, also the, be- the the beginning of the end of sports in 2020. So, <laughs> uh, kind of a, a unique anniversary here. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds like a bittersweet anniversary in a way. <laughs> yeah, I guess it gave me some some content to pump out, but it was really kind of hard to produce actual bets. Yeah, no kidding. And with that being said, we've now got a whole bunch of games this weekend, a lot of interesting things to go along with that. But first, Matt, uh, let's just start with this. I mean, this is one of the biggest events that is bet on uh, in the year. I mean, obviously with Vegas, but now I have to imagine with this weekend in particular, I I think this is going to be a huge Montana sports betting weekend. I'm very curious your thoughts. Do you think we'll see a lot more action, even from just the casual fan here? potentially um yeah for sure you know because uh, you got your butt the buzz around the office you're filling out brackets and then um as you're getting you know you fill out your bracket probably tuesday and then you got another couple of days to sit around and pace and think about it some more so people get you know kind of scratch want to scratch the itch for more action and and, and we got a legalized sports betting here now so um, yeah, I'd say you're on the right track with with that assumption. Since it's early here, Matt, I know you talked about this in your column yesterday. Uh, there's two ways I want to kind of approach this, but at least in terms of the brackets as well, because uh, people are still filling those out. They can fill them up till tomorrow. Uh, how can people look at the lines, and can that actually help them fill out their bracket? It can, especially in the first round, and it'll make sense once I uh, once I explain this. Um, there's any number of websites that'll show you the opening number and then the current number. I, I use pregame.com, but I think Odd Shark does the same. The Action Network probably does the same, if memory serves correct. Um, on one one column, like I said, you'll have the opening number, and that number is the point spread. The minute that you know the game went on the board, this team is favored by this many points over this team, and then over time that number is bent one way or the other. And so in, in these first-round games, um, you're going to see 
pretty significant line moves. And um, when you're trying to, you know, identify an underdog or a Cinderella team, that's kind of a good indicator what team you want to be taken seriously. You know, we saw this back in 2019, two teams that come to mind immediately, you know, Liberty and UC Irvine. You got a mid-major team that's legitimately good, but just underseated because they haven't played anybody. And they're matched up with a team that kind of went to the finish line. I, I think Liberty played Mississippi State, who, you know, was up and down all year, um, finished kind of poorly. And then UC Irvine was going up against Kansas State, who had just lost Dean Wade, or maybe Dean Wade was, um, you know, coming back from injury. I can't, re- can't really remember. Um, but, you know, those are te- two teams who are excellent teams. You just hadn't heard about them. And they were playing against two teams that, frankly, maybe they were over the season. And so, you know, the underdog, the open 10 or 11 points, um, you know, as, as plus 10 or 11 points, and, and that line will come crashing down. And we've seen that a couple times, uh, several games on, on the board here. It's going to be interesting, Matt, because we've already had some news that really could shake things up a little bit. Uh, Oklahoma's lost a guy already, and Kansas, it seems like, has already lost a player. I believe both are due to COVID issues. So have we seen line movements in terms of whether it be Kansas versus Eastern Washington or Oklahoma and Missouri so far? Um, Oklahoma, Missouri, you know, um, I'm, I'm searching for on the board right now, and um, – Oklahoma is still uh, a one and a half point favorite, so I don't, uh, I don't know the opening number off the top of my head in that game. I do know in the Kansas game, uh, Eastern Washington, um, I believe they opened like a twelve point dog, and now they're just like an eight point dog. Um, so it's still like very likely that Kansas will win that game, but uh, it probably won't be a blowout. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, but yeah, I mean, with the COVID issues, you know, you want to tread lightly, obviously. Uh, kind of lucked out it, it, in a self in a, in a self self interest sense. Um, obviously, the teams are not lucky for getting cold, but us, the spectators, lucky in that. You know, I, at least I didn't have uh, Kansas winning the national championship, and I don't know if Oklahoma was going to get to the national championship. So, you know, even if you're bullish on those teams, I don't know how far a lot of people had them going. But you know, I guess the answer, the short answer is it's hard to know. <laughs> No, that is very true, and that brings up my next question to you, Matt. How much have you seen in the last couple of days uh, just the line movement since the tournament has been announced and the matchups uh, being announced? How much movement? Has there been quite a bit, or has it just been maybe uh, just a, a little bit here and there because of certain teams? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it depends on the matchup. And... Um, you know, matchup advantages and different styles clashing with each other. You know, they can be a night, a big nightmare for your bracket. You can have it's single elimination, obviously. So, you know, you can. I think we can all agree that you know Gonzaga is the best, if or one of the best teams in the country. But that doesn't mean they can't lose to like Creighton in the Sweet 16 if Creighton just gets hot and shoots them out of the gym. Um, even if you know, even if a team loses one game, it doesn't mean that they're not the best team in the country. Um, but, you know, that's just how the tournament is set up. And so uh, I kind of deviated from your question. Uh, but, yeah, the matchups here, um, you can really tell uh, when when the betters and, and the books think that one team is at a clear advantage over another. You know, for example, a, a Virginia versus Ohio. Uh, I think Virginia opened 11-point favorite, and 
now that line is coming crashing down to seven, and it's it was still it might have gotten to six and a half. And you look at Ohio; they're a pretty bad matchup for Virginia. Um, with Virginia playing their signature pack line defense, you know, a way to exploit that is have just having superior athletes one through five, and that's why you know Virginia can dominate most teams. But then they run into a team that, you know, not that great like Duke. It, they'll have their way with Virginia more often than not just because of the athletes they have on the floor. And so with, uh, you know, Ohio, for example, they'll, ha- they'll have the best player on the floor, Jason Preston. And you'll, you'll hear his story, you know, discussed at nauseum. Now, he wasn't recruited, so he put his highlights on Twitter. And now here he is at Ohio. And so um, it, it, stuff like that can, can really, uh, you know, like I said, throw off your bracket. Uh, but luckily we have the lines here to kind of alert us of this. And it's an interesting point because the next thing I want to look at in the second part of the line aspect of this is because we hear about teams all the time, uh, you know, leading up to the first round. Hey, this looks like a really great matchup. One team in particular, and I think you addressed this in your column, is Winthrop. A lot of people really like Winthrop against Villanova simply because of the loss of the uh, great point guard that Villanova has. His name escapes me at the moment. But how much should people look at the lines versus what's, in a way, trending? Yeah, so obviously, um, I believe his name is Gillespie for, for Villanova. He went down with his injury. Villanova, you know, they played some teams tough at, uh, you know, down the stretch, but they ended up on the wrong side of those games. Uh, and and so, you know, they're limping toward the finish line. We saw them lose a couple times, so that's fresh in our minds. And then Winthrop is this exciting team. They've got like a six seven point guard. So obviously he's just a nightmare to match up with in their conference because obviously, Nobody's got the, the athletes, you know, on the court. Um, maybe they have one on their team, but definitely not more than that. And so, but they play a team like Villanova, and Villanova, you know, not a blue, not a classic, you know, blue blood, but I guess a modern blue blood, mm-hmm. you know, and they could guard this guy one through five. Uh, and so, and the line reflects that. So, you know, they opened as a seven point favorite. The money came in against Villanova. The line dropped to six, and then there was a buyback, and, and, it, and the line's sitting pretty much steady at 6.5. Villanova's still the favorite. So even though the talking heads on TV like Winthrop quite a bit, you know, the market, uh, I think, is, is taking a position here. You know, the books are taking a position here, and, and they're saying, no, uh, is clearly better. Looking at a matchup here that you talked about in your column, another one that looks like an upset here. Obviously, some fans are going to like Utah State because of the Raleigh Wooster factor because we got a Montana kid on that team against number six, Texas Tech. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, honestly, this would have um, – I would have skipped this game if it wasn't for the line movement. I would have assumed Texas Tech, you know, Chris Beard, Coach Squaw would just roll into the Sweet 16, but – the market says this is not the case. This is one of the biggest line movements. In fact, um, Texas Tech opened as an eight-point favorite. That line's crashed all the way down to four, four-and-a-half. And, you know, the Mountain West Conference is very top-heavy. The top couple teams are so much better than, than the bottom half of that conference. I don't know how much Mountain West basketball you watched, but um, I, I probably watched way too much. <laughs> but in any case, um, I, I, I dug a little deeper, you know, when I saw this line movement, and I guess it kind of makes sense. Two defense-oriented teams, and Texas Tech's one weakness is they'll allow teams to, you know, get open from three. And so it, if 
Utah State can get hot like teams can and, and sink a few three-pointers. Um, they do that. Utah State does probably have a, a good advantage on the defensive end. They have the uh, Mountain West Conference Play of the Year, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Nemus Quaida, I think. Mm-hmm. Nemus? Um, good try. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll be the biggest guy on the court. Seven-footer. And he'll lock down the inside. So, you know, it seems like Texas Tech, who is prone to getting cold from the outside, uh, has a long stretch of being cold. And Utah State can knock down it in their open shots. You know, the Aggies can certainly, um, you know, advance against the Red Raiders here. Looking at another game, it's a 12-5 matchup, and that's usually where we see them. 13-4, 12-5 is where we've seen some upsets in the past. That's Creighton versus University uh, California Santa Barbara. A lot of people like uh, Santa Barbara right now. Creighton, obviously, they got thumped in the Big East Championship game against Georgetown. So give me your thoughts on this matchup. So, yeah, we got we had a team, Creighton, where, you know, if they come out of the gates and they're hitting their shots, you know, Santa Barbara's not going to hang with them. Um, but if, if Creighton finds themselves down and they got to, like, fight through something, you could see Santa Barbara pull off an upset here. You know, I don't know if how dialed in you are to the Big East, but the, their coaching had, had a gaff at the microphone where, you know, he used the, the word uh, plantation in, in a post-game speech addressing his players. His players took exception as did the university. He's been dismissed. And so, you know, when things are going good for Creighton and they're making their shots, you know, that's easy to come together and be a team and, you know, cruise, cruise and win a game. But, you know, if you got to dig deep, and, you know, rally together, um, they're, they've really fallen short here, as, as we saw against Georgetown. They, they quit early on in that game. Whereas, you know, just, and we talk about this in bowl games, you know, we got a team, just, just as soon call it quits on the season, facing another team who really wants to put their program on the map. And, that, and that's what UCSB is trying to do here. Matt, some interesting aspects to this, and I want to get your thoughts, because Georgetown, they come in, they're a hot team. Oregon State, very similar in the Pac-12. How much should people buy into the fact of what they're able to do? Does, does winning your conference tournament as a seed as with both Oregon State and Georgetown were, uh, does that lead to success in the NCAA tournament, you think? Uh, statistically, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> five, was it six of the last eight? Um, and if you want to dismiss Louisville's title altogether, you need seven of the last, I guess, this wouldn't be a year at all. Anyway, I don't want to get too far in the weeds there. This is called six of the last eight uh, national championships have not won their conference tournament. Um, and so you, you, there's a number of different ways to look at it. In the case, I watched a lot of Pac-12 basketball just because, I don't know, I guess I'm addicted to Bill Walton. And so um, Oregon State, they were just unconscious in their last three games of the Pac-12 tournament. Um, it, I mean, and it could carry over to, to the bubble. We'll see. But it would be very hard for me to believe that they could, you know, sustain that that type of shooting from the outside. But and then Georgetown, it's really hard for me to think that they can win a game here, especially with the point guard mismatch and McKinley Wright of Colorado, who I think really highly of. And they're a great story. Obviously, maybe I'll root for them, but uh, I, I don't I don't know about them winning a game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Matt, let me get your thoughts on this. Obviously, we have the South, the Midwest, the East, and the West. Which region do you think is the toughest? 
So the toughest region in terms of, you know, playing the games, probably the Midwest. Uh, so, you know, one, the one through four seeds probably could all win a national championship. Now, Illinois, Houston, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Um, but in terms of picking the games, at, at, in terms of the bracket, I would say the West is the toughest to navigate for me because, you know, like like I mentioned before, I, in my bracket I have Creighton losing to you at UCSB. But if Creighton gets hot, they could they could blow out Gonzaga if they're knocking down all their shots. And so and then you got teams like USC, who's got one of the best players in the country, and Evan Mobley. You know they get a couple wins under the belt and some confidence. You know who knows what happens. And then uh, and then an Oregon team who I also think very highly of. Uh, and uh, I'll expand on them further when I when we talk about you know Cinderella teams. Well, let's just dive right into that. Who are some Cinderella teams that you're looking at here, Matt? So obviously, you know, everyone when they think Cinderella, I think Loyola Chicago. Um, I can't really tell you who's going to come out of nowhere this year. I mean, because they're going to come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe UCSB could do that. They could get to the Sweet 16. That would be a cool story. Uh, in my mind, the Oregon Ducks um, have a fit the, fit the mold the best this season. Uh, you know, obviously Loyola Chicago still didn't really know about them, but they were a very good team and they were underseeded, and, and and that's why it was so shocking. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Oregon they got a seven seed. They had they had a COVID pause in the middle of the season. Once they came back from that, immediately they lost a couple games that looked really bad at the time because you know they were out of shape. They just they hadn't played, and, and they're a very transfer-heavy team. And so, you know, they're, they're still trying to mesh with each other. But, you know, in the second half of the year, um, they've been almost unbeatable, and I really love their backcourt. Um, Chris Duarte, L.J. Figueroa, and Will Richardson, and obviously their head coach, Dana Altman, who, you know, can, can basically pick apart any team uh, with his adjustments. They're really fun to watch in that sense. Um, you know, like I said, the majority of this team is juniors and seniors, and, and they're very physical, and, and they're not going to get you know shook if they if they fall behind. You know, pretty much everyone one through five can handle the ball, pass, and score from anywhere on the court. And then their matchup zone defense, it, it, you know, sometimes de- defensive struggles are not fun to watch, but they're honestly a pretty fun team to watch on defense, just the way they can lock anyone down. Um, Richardson, who I mentioned probably the smallest defender on the perimeter and he's like six five with a big wingspan so they're really a nightmare for teams um, who have smaller guards which which in a lot of which a lot of college teams obviously fit that mold so i look i like the oregon ducks to make a run here um to the elite eight or if they can knock off gonzaga maybe to the final four my featured guest is Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard as we are talking Montana sports betting as we get ready for the NCAA tournament later this week. Matt, if people want to follow your work, check out your column and your latest work. How can they do that? Then go to mtstandard.com and I'm at 406mtsports.com. Matt, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. Look forward to chatting with you again soon, my friend. Thank you as always, Anthony. Have a good weekend. Great stuff there with Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard as we talk Montana sports betting. And uh, like I said, it should be a really fun weekend. I don't know if I'm going to bet. Like I said, I've got enough brackets to cover me, but 
We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Coming up next year on the Knockout Sports, we will break down Grizz Spring Football as well as the Big Sky, Big Sky Conference Tournament from last week, and we'll make picks in that East region. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joins me next. We take our checking accounts for granted. They're free, so we think it's a good deal. Nope. The newly revised Casasa Cash at Three Rivers Bank. Casasa is a free checking account that earns cash back. It gives refunds on ATM withdrawal fees, and there's no minimum balance for rewards. Visit Three Rivers Bank on North Meridian or East Idaho in Kalispell and ask about the checking account that's not just free, but pays. Ask for Casasa at Three Rivers Bank. 